0: Ladies and gentlemen, caffeinated compadres, guess who is back? The Native Souls are back with you. New year, 2019, new season of the Native Souls podcast, and we got a lot of stuff to cover for you in this episode. We're so excited to be back with you. Fish, what has been up, my man?
1: first and foremost, I want to welcome everybody into the new Native Souls podcast studio. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we, we decided that, um, you know, me and my wife, we want to make an investment in this. And, yes. and, uh, and with, you know, with Diz moving, um, mm, yeah. we decided to, to invest in this that we can have better quality. And uh, far for me, I don't think anyone, unless we would tell them would know that as of this moment, myself and Sherman are in Huntington, West Virginia, and Diz, you are in Peoria, Illinois.
0: Yes, I am. Pretty awesome. All, yeah,
1: all the way in Peoria, Illinois. So that's that's exciting.'m I'm, 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 I'm really, really loving. Levinar, the podcast studio, the Native Souls podcast studio. Absolutely.
2: So we're um, moving on up. Yeah. And I mean, that's Mo- it. yeah. And it's on all on because up. of our sponsors. And we'd like to thank you all. But <laughs> uh, we would if, like, if, like to thank Jesus. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Jess say, You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to our sponsors who make it possible every month. Fish and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and let's not forget that Diz
1: went and he went himself and bought a new microphone. Yes, yes, I did. And yeah, he we, we. he's sending us good quality. So um, absolutely, man, absolutely. But, um, literally, the there were there were conversations with my brother in law about a mix minus for the podcast. Um, uh, I guess you call it a mix minus po- mix, um, and then a lot of research on YouTube and Google and. And it brought us here today that was a, really something that I'm, again, just over the moon excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. We've
0: been anticipating this episode for a while because of because of the uh, the upgrade. And we're, we've just been excited to come to you in a new year after a year of doing this. And, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, it's pretty much like the new season, season two of Native Souls.
1: Oh, I'll take that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. is at you and coming
2: strong. Mm-hmm. And we're excited. Sermon man, what's been up? Wow, it's just been a been a crazy beginning to the new year. Had some fun. I actually was in Peoria, Illinois with my buddy Diz for a few days. So yeah. got to visit. That was just last week. So had fun, went around the state and just enjoyed my time there and with a bunch of people and uh had some had some good times, made some good memories. So uh very nice place yeah. up there and then just um enjoying everyday life. God is good. Yeah. That's
0: Real quick, we tried, or you tried, and I tasted uh, Holly's, we tried this thing called a horseshoe, which is Ooh, yes. an Illinois native, it's like famous here in Illinois, it's a open sandwich, open face sandwich, it's got two pieces of meat, mm-hmm. two pieces of bread, uh, a lot of fries on top of that, and cheese
1: Melted. smothering all of that. Yes, oh boy. Yes, it was delicious. Yeah. I felt right. my arteries clogging up. I'm, I'm ready to come visit when when the weather's nice and mm-hmm. and yes. they have
2: they have coffee shops everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. It's Every just, corner. It's brilliant. You
1: know that. Yeah. I, I want to say that that's the fad, but that's been the fad because there's new coffee shops opening everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. And it's it's little little ones it's not it's mom and pop coffee shops now exactly. I see more like it used to be there was a Starbucks on every corner but now yep I mean in Princeton they just opened up the Appalachian coffee house mm-hmm. oh and wow I, and I went in there and, and, it, and it, it, it was good it was it was good. I didn't try per se like their drip coffee but I had I had a shot of espresso and then um, I had a latte the second time I was in there, so. Wow. My
2: um, friends, Adam and Sarah, they went to see Switchfoot this weekend um, in Knoxville, and they went to a cafe that is a cafe through the week, and then on Sunday, they're a church, so that's pretty awesome. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so, that's, a, that's amazing. That's pretty, wow. pretty amazing, so. Well, while we're on the, yeah, on the subject
1: blessing. of coffee, I mean, let's go ahead and just, because I'm ready to drink this coffee. It's it's, uh, I think I was so excited to record today that I didn't sleep much last night, and, and then oh, I got up awesome. early this morning, like, I, it, it was almost like the Christmas Eve night for me, um, so I'm ready to talk about our coffee, and we yes. discussed this earlier in the week of would we pretend like, even though Diz isn't here, would he be yeah. drinking the same cup of coffee <laughs> as we are, and I was like, heck <laughs> no. Yeah. He's in another state. He's going to drink another coffee. So um, Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I'm excited to try this coffee that, uh, that I think you're drinking today, if, if Sherman didn't lie to me earlier. Uh, but why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're drinking today.
0: I got um, Cherry Cordial from The Blend. Uh, the Blend was the first coffee shop that I actually tried here uh, in Illinois. And I bought several bags of their flavored coffee because I knew one day I was going to use it on the podcast. So today I'm having a wonderful, uh, robust cup of cherry cordial coffee from the blend. Shout out to the blend. They're super cool. And uh, this is, I mean, it's literally, you taste it, you smell it. It smells like a box of cherry cordial, chocolate covered cherries, and um, you got the cher- the hint of cherry on the back end, and you got the chocolatey, but you still actually get the really good kick of coffee.
1: Mm. Nice. And then, yeah. Sherman, we are having Mind, Body, and Soul, uh, the organic blend by Equal Exchange Coffee Roasters. And so this was given to my parents by uh, a friend, and they passed it on to us. And so it actually came in like a pound bag of coffee oh wow and so um but wow but to smell uh, to smell the beans because uh she gave it to me whole beans so uh you know we smelled the beans this morning they smelled mm-hmm. unreal yes they did um and then i hate to say it but that's not even like you can tell they've been you know sitting since around christmas because the smell at christmas was like knock you off your feet mm-hmm. it was coffee smell um so, but with that said, I feel like it's time for mm. us to drink our coffee. Are you gentlemen yes, ready? It is. Yes, I'm ready. All right. Here, here is to good coffee, great conversations, and even better friends in this Absolutely. year and in the new Native Souls Podcast Studio. Cheers, friends. Mm. Oh. Heaven's nectar. Oh, yeah. So I have, uh, the roast we have here is a medium and Vienna roast. Um, Mm. The aroma, if you smell it, is a nutty raisin butterscotch. Mm. And then the flavor profile is going to have almonds, vanilla, cocoa nibs. Um, And so the mouthfeel, which I can totally attest for, is smooth and creamy. Mm. Um, And I did Mm. a coarse grind for this one. Even though I was doing it hot, I did a coarse grind because that's going to make it even smoother. Um, Yeah. Acidity is a light sparkle, so where I did the coarse grind, I don't think that light sparkle's coming through. Um, but it has it notes the aftertaste of dark chocolate, walnut, walnut, and brown sugar. Wow! So yeah,
2: I, I can taste that dark chocolate for sure. Natural flavors wow. and
1: nuances of the coffee. There is no added flavor. Hmm. So they've wow. not. They've not. Uh, you know. They've not. Uh, flavored these beans at all? This is just natural flavors of these coffees. Um, I wish I could. I didn't say. Um, I guess maybe Vienna is. I don't know if that's the roast, but I'd like to know where the beans come from.
0: Yeah, that sounds amazing.
1: And it, it it really is, and it's. Uh, I got really excited. So we've got a full pot here. So, uh, you know, I think i I think we're gonna split what used to be Dez's cup here in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So, so Dez, why don't you tell us about that cherry cordial you're drinking on?
0: Man, I tell you what, it's uh, pretty much almost gone. It's almost to the bottom of my cup. Um, it just has a very, the, ch- the cherry flavor is on the back. So you get more of kind of the chocolate up front, the, the nutty and the chocolate a little bit. And But what I love about it so much is uh, some of the flavored coffee that you get, uh, sometimes it loses the uh, kick of coffee. But this kind of does all of it. So it's still kind of robust, and you still get that punch in the face of coffee, but uh, you still get that back hint of cherry and uh, the really good flavor of chocolate. So I love it. It, re- it reminds me of Cherry Cordial.
1: Yeah, I think that, that, that's a uh, – when you're talking about flavored coffee, I think that's one of – you know you have a good flavored coffee when you get the flavor without the sacrifice of that good coffee taste.
0: That's what I, that's what I like. I like a flavored coffee that still gives me a kick of coffee.
1: Like I still want
0: to taste coffee.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't, sometimes it feels like if, if, uh, if a beans over, over flavored or anything like that, if mm-hmm. at that point when you just taste that, it's almost like you're drinking tea.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. And I want, I want
1: that coffee feel. Um, and, and, uh, I was talking with my boss recently, um, and we were talking about coffee and and we're talking about, you know, coffee has a certain feel in your mouth. And, I'm, and we weren't really talking about, um, like, flavor or, like it says, the, you know, the acidity gives you a slight sparkle in the mouth. But um, when coffee's done right, it's a little bit, what, what would you say, thicker than, like, drinking water? Yes. Just like, yes, not absolutely. much. It's a very minute difference, but. Absolutely. So that's, that's what we're drinking today. So what are we moving to next, Is We're going to be talking about what is in our libraries. What have we been reading? We
0: haven't done this in a couple of episodes, but uh, Fish, kick us off with what have you been reading
1: this year? Oh, man, let me tell you what. So I I uh, for Christmas, my wife got me nothing but books, and, and it was like the injection in the arm to kickstart my uh, growing home library. And so now nice. I've got a... I've got like a, what, like seven foot bookshelf, maybe six, six and a half feet bookshelf, and it's almost full. Wow. So, um, so I've been, I have been doing a lot of reading recently. Um, my job allows, affords me a lot of time to sit and read whenever I'm not, uh, working with, uh, you know, doing my job. And, um, and so I'm trying to currently pull up my Goodreads app. Um, so at the start of this year, I uh, I told myself that I wanted to read 20 books in 2019. Wow. Um, and so I think in my lifetime before uh, this year, I'd only read, you know, consecutive 18 books. Um, and so, and that's not counting the Bible or anything like that. Right. Um, but I took off, um, and really uh, what started, started this was um, us reading through... Uh, chase the lion in the pit with a lion on this um, on a snowy day by Mark Patterson and I just got this desire to read and yes. grow in knowledge and then my wife because I'm obsessed with lions we got through the eyes of a lion by Levi Lusco. and oh, yeah. she was like checking out the book she's like he's not going to like this book I read the book in a day like And wow. in, 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 I think I read it in less than eight hours, just to be complete on, completely honest with you. And that set me on a journey of, like, I want to read everything I can get my hands on. Mm-hmm. So I started out this year by reading The Weight of Glory by C.S. Lewis, um, a book wow, suggested yeah. to me by my, my good, good friend Aaron Stepp. And, uh, and that was one of those books that, um, for the longest time, I didn't want to highlight or write in my books. And that book I will never be able to sell it again because I have notes and highlights all over the thing right um, so but I've read eight books this year so far in 2019 um, and so so you're well on your way to I'm the well on, yeah I'm almost halfway there and eight books eight books Wow that's, and that's crazy I'm happy with one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: like I, I just finished I, I finished one in January. And I'm like, oh, cool. Next month is another
1: one, <laughs> <laughs> so I need to step my game up. Yeah. I I don't I don't know because it's just been like I can't get enough, and then I love. Um, so one of the books that so far this year that have just it's just knocked me off my feet. Where Love Does by Bob Goff. I've been um, wanting that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Bob Goff. I mean, he he's you can tell by his writing that he's obviously a very intelligent man. But as a lawyer, he doesn't wow you with his knowledge, mm. but he mm. dares you to have an experience. That's awesome. And oh, he wow. just shares yeah. his experience with you. Um, another book that I loved that I read this year, I, I read it following what I read Love Does, is uh, a book given to me by my dad that was his book or either my grandfather's book, uh, my mom's dad. Um, and it was called Destined for the Throne by Paul E. Bilheimer. Hmm. And um, and it really it is a book about uh, the bride of Christ, the church, uh, really embracing um, our our call to co-labor with Christ. And so, um, but in the book, he talks about um, he really goes in depth into his uh, his case for Jesus going into uh, hell, and you know. The legal aspect of claims for uh, rulership and things like that, and how Jesus took that back from Satan because man willingly gave that up when we sinned in the garden, and, wow. and and so literally, if you would only pick that up and read that chapter that he writes on that of like I guess Christ's legal case for how um, he, you know, we talk about how he stole stole the grave and things like mm-hmm. that. It's like. He really presents a case where um, because of Satan's action of killing a uh, killing an innocent man, which in turn took me back to thinking about um, Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia, and he talks about yeah. how if someone willingly lays down their life on the stone table, it flips everything. And so he pretty much says because Satan killed an innocent man, because Jesus laid down his life and they made that deal, then that flipped everything and that allowed him to step into that role. So, a lot of people wow. say that's like too much of a reach, but I'm telling you, if you would just read that, it's really an eye opening thing. Um, and then yeah, that's I was heavy, yeah. Um, and it was literally like I've looked at that book for years and wondered about it. And uh, and so the only thing that I want to do is use my the rest of my time talk about books is to introduce uh, something something coming up here to our listeners. Uh, you if you are on our Facebook page or if you are uh, following us on Instagram, we in the uh, in the year two thousand nineteen are going to launch a little program called Native Reads yes Mm. and so with us reading these books and growing in knowledge we want to do book reviews and so that way if you hear books that we're reading or anything like that and you're curious about that book well then maybe our review will be a thing like hey i want to read that for myself and so uh recently i finished god is good he's better than you think by bill johnson and Mm. so uh, first and foremost, I gave it four out of five stars. It wasn't my favorite thing by Bill Johnson, but it was really good. And so I I will now read what I wrote here in my in my native reads uh, journal. Awesome. Uh, many believers consistently talk about God's goodness, but many times our motives and our or our mouths and our lives make two entirely different statements. Bill sets out to show us God's goodness as modeled by Jesus's earthly ministry. I became a fan of Bill because of the wisdom statements his sermons were full of. This book is part of the course. have a highlighter ready. Uh, Many statements from this book had me chewing for hours or even days uh, on the wisdom from them. Uh, Bill says God is in a good mood and uses the words of this book to not only tell us of this, but to challenge us to live our lives in light of this fact. I definitely suggest this book. Awesome. Wow.
0: Awesome! I, I had that book. I, I borrowed it, and I never did get to read it. So it is on my list of Bill Johnson books to read. But I do have um, one of his books. But yeah, that's awesome, and I'm I'm super excited by the way for the Native Reads. I'm super too. excited that's about awesome.
1: it. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I mean, I was uh, part of me wants to read my review for Weight of Glory, but I might save that for another one because uh, Weight of Glory was just an, um, another amazing read. Um, so Lewis, obviously, uh, he's from England. Um, and so he, he doesn't speak, you know, he speaks, I guess what you'd call the King's English. Mm -hmm. So like just finishing miracles, three o'clock, two o'clock this morning was when I finished miracles by C.S. Lewis. Um, you've got to like, I had to read it out loud to really grasp what I was, what I was reading, I guess. So that not only did I speak it in my mind, but out of my mouth and my ears heard it. And that would help me read him tremendously because miracles is a science case that miracles are a real thing. Yeah. And I mean, he, uh, I, I was talking with uh, Lance McDaniel about it, uh, campus pastor of Lifeline Christiansburg. And um, and actually, let me go ahead and just pull up the text message I sent him because he was like, he, we were talking about just how difficult uh, Lewis is to read and more so in miracles than anything that I've read by him. Um, mm but Have you read the Abolition of Man? I've not. So I've only read The Weight of Glory, um, and then Miracles, and then the Chronicles of Narnia. I don't think I've read okay. anything else. I'd need to go uh, over over my notes. <clears throat> but I said Chapter two of Miracles ends on a scientific explanation of heaven coming to earth, and I said, "Who is this guy? Was he even a son of Adam? I mean, it's just he talked. He literally makes a scientific explanation of." Uh, when the church walks in power and heaven comes to earth and how wow. these two different realities can coexist on this and and what the if if you ever read miracles you'll quickly quickly pick up that it's what I like to call just an old school clapback mm-hmm. and so mm. um, I guess he just had enough of people whether they uh, they believed in uh, a God of the air who wow um, was not concerned with our our comings and goings and he was just there kind of keeping the wheel of time moving or they didn't believe in God at all. He was there making a case that not only are you wrong, but I will take your own arguments to why you're, to why I'm wrong and use them to prove that you are wrong. Wow. So it was, it was a big, like, it was just a clap back of like in your face, you suck, you're a loser. (laughs) As much of a loving way as you wow. could put it. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So abolition of man is almost exactly like that, where he kind of claps back at the educational system. Oh wow. And, and what they were teaching and he he doesn't call them out, but he, but he kind of uses this a roundabout way to call out these educational institutions and the books that they're they're teaching children and how they're teaching them uh, things that are against God
1: and it it literally is an old school clapback i mean that's awesome and, and i guess I and the, i the, guess that's his you know he's he's a, every christian apologist's hero uh, if you yes. if you're, if oh you're into goodness. apologetics yeah. at all yeah. you're going to love love cs lewis mm-hmm. and, absolutely and i'll tell you what i got the cs lewis um, the bible with the new revised standard version i think is the translation of the bible which is littered with um, excerpts from his writings and also like personal journal entries of his that as you read. And I just did, um, if you ever want to do a deep dive into a book of the Bible, do deeper into Scripture on the Bible app. Um, Because when you, like they have them for all kinds of New Testament books, but whenever you do that, it's going to have you read a chapter four times, and you, you uh, do it four different ways. Um, mm-hmm. four, you're, you're looking at four different things every time you read, and so it's like you enter, uh, That's you just read it, you, um, you so you're just literally just, that's your first time reading it, you're getting to know the characters. The second time, you're paying attention, what jumps out at you. Um, and then the third wow. time, you're praying, God, what do you want me to get from this? And the fourth time, it's literally just to put the bow on it and to get all three of those together. And it was so good to read Hebrews that way, and then to have um, C.S. Lewis's uh, excerpts from like Mere Christianity to go along with that. Um, oh mm, wow! Wow. Yeah, it Man. was. And so before that, I had done a like th- I don't even know how they did this, but again, U version is such an amazing app because it is. How do you study scripture? without you version and i mean there's probably if anyone any pastors out there like well, who is this guy saying how do you study but i mean it's just i did i did a 29 uh, day study in the book of james through wow. you version and it was so good and i did it in the cs lewis bible again so i mean and i love james so much i think i'm about to do another 13 day study in james james is one of my favorite books
0: it, it, absolutely. If not my favorite New Testament book, I love James without a, without
1: a doubt. But but enough about all this reading that I've been doing this year. Um, Sherman, what are you reading? Well, <laughs> since he had it, it up, I had it up, and then we went into another yeah. another rant, and then I saw huh. him just put everything down yeah, like I just whatever. Down.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, I am actually revisiting a book um, that I believe that I talked about on the podcast last year. Um, <laughs> it is... Does that mean you never finished reading it? Uh, actually, <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, I didn't completely finish it. Oh, no. <laughs> but oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so I thought at the end of January that it would be great to revisit this book because, of course, February is um, Black History Month. So... I picked up this book, and it's "One Blood: Parting Words to the Church on Race" by John Perkins, Um, and he is very insightful with just um, talking about how um, you know race has affected the church, race has affected our daily lives, um, and a lot of insightful stuff. And even talks about how racism was invented, you know, of course, in order to bring about slavery and all that, and it's just very deep very awesome um, so I've been doing that I've been reading that throughout the throughout the month um, revisiting that and then yesterday I started the book counterculture which I, I'm pretty sure it is haven't you read that counterculture didn't you do a live of yeah. on that
1: yeah, I did and I'm just gonna be honest I didn't like it so so mm, okay. you're re- you guys I think you both do this and I don't understand how you read. You have multiple books going at the same time. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I stopped doing that. I was going to say, I, I, try, I think I tried that one time, and and next thing I know, like, stuff from this book, I was like, oh, yeah, and this happened, this and then I was like, no, that didn't. I'm like, oh, because yeah. I'm reading two books at the same time.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, w- I will say that uh, I usually don't read multiple books, but this month I have been, and yeah. I have had that moment this month where I'm like, which book did I get that out of? Because yeah. I'm also reading another yeah. book that I can't even remember what the name of it is. <laughs> yeah. But, it seems, um, what I'm doing really now seems is, to be blessing you there, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> book. It's an awesome book. Uh, <laughs> but I can't. Uh, what's, I can't it, what's it what called it is. again? Yeah.
1: I don't even know. what I tell about. you what. I mean, I know. I know that we weren't planning on uh, on really diving into that topic, but you really talked about uh, you know race in the church mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. I really feel like, and I could be off base, but I really feel like those hard, rigid lines of race in the church are kind of slowly coming apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're yep. seeing seeing a more united church than we ever have yeah. before. yeah, um I agree with that and and I think that's awesome because it feels like our culture just yells inequality mm-hmm. and it uh, yells absolutely. racism, and the church is really being that come together a place where um you know where that's not a not a thing. Right. Um it was the end of last year Matt Chandler released a statement on race and I was scared to death to watch it because (laughs) you know it's hard I was like, oh he's he's gonna he's gonna, you know, say that I don't know. I don't he was gonna make a I wasn't gonna agree with his statement. I'll leave it at that. But but what he did was he made a statement that I probably wouldn't have agreed with. But then he used it to teach me something out of it. And pretty much what he said was that, um, that what is it, um, the church as in um, the dominantly white American church mm-hmm. needs mm-hmm. to stop taking our African-American brothers and sisters and trying to make them look like us in mm. saying the white church mm-hmm. and yes. let them step into their own identity and, yep. and let them do that instead of, King okay, he said, that's where the problem is, is because we want to deem success, uh, you know, uh, merit, all these things that we use to measure success and greatness in people. And we want to measure a different, different culture by that. And he mm-hmm. says, like, that's why the church is failing, because we want, we want, the black church to look just like the white church, mm-hmm. come on, and come then we on, want and, and 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 you say the shoes on the other foot, you know, the black church mm-hmm. wants us to look like the white church, but Jesus right. just wants us to look like the church, the bride of yeah, Christ. That's so. it. Come on, man, so come on. There's no you know, and that statement he made was just it was really challenging and it really made you think, you know, what am I doing if I minister to someone different from me? Mm-hmm. What am I doing? that is you know my measurement for them of how are they doing in their walk with Christ and at what point is it my culture my, my yeah. mores that i'm using to get them to look more like me instead of using scripture to get them to look more like Christ yeah. right so yeah. so that's that's definitely a good thought to really start you know february with black history month is yeah. is um you know am do i feel like you know, the culture is is just in shambles, and and it's you know, really just to come out and say it that like we're in the in the midst of like a race war. Mm-hmm. Um, if I didn't if yeah. I didn't go to the church, then I would believe that. Yeah, but I'm involved yeah. in the church, and I see it, and I see the bride of Christ coming together, and
2: I love it. That's it. I do too. And yes, growing up, even it was always perplexed me how. Um, there was a black church and a white church. Like that just always, I don't know, and I never, there was never really a discussion about it in my family or even in my church, but I always was like, why are we separated like that? And um, one of the things that he touches on in the book is about how the black church got started and how the uh, slaves, the first actual black church, um, was from a guy who was tired of being in the white church and, you know, the white church was making the standards and making, you know, this is how it was going to be. And, you know, they were kind of, I mean, they weren't treated right in the white church, of course, because they were slaves, Yeah. but um, it's a very uh, good history of how that even got started and how he was breaking away from that in order to be a part of the church, you know, the church of Christ. So it's pretty awesome. And, um, you know, but I do, I agree with you. I believe we're getting to a place to where we are Starting to see us coming together, and, and, more and the more. truth of the matter
1: is, are are we like where we should be right now? Absolutely mm. not. We've yeah. got a long way right. to go. Yeah. But right. are we moving in the right d- direction? At the same time, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I agree. we are. I agree, I agree too. Because no. really, it's not about the genre of music and worship anymore either. No. I mean, mm. that's right. You're seeing that's them exactly all cross right. over back and forth. Yeah. And I, and, and yes. it's really it's like it's all about. Every musician that I see, because like we were talking before we hit the record button on today's podcast about Bethel releasing a video of one of their worship leaders um, doing a Tasha Cobb song, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and it's yep. just like, man, it's beautiful, and it's yeah. just, it's really, at that point, it's not about style, it's not about what it's supposed to sound like, but it's about
2: leading people into the presence of God.
0: Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Exactly. That is awesome.
2: And... Um... Going back to counterculture, um, you said that you didn't like it. I've—I I just read the know. first chapter, and I find it very, very good and very eye-opening. Um, no,
0: I, I will say that I—I I didn't start not liking it until, um, and and maybe when I say I didn't like it, I didn't like it in a small group setting in the culture of Logan, West Virginia. How about that?
2: I could see that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, but it wasn't, I'm not saying it was a bad book, but right. anyway, continue.
2: Um, I found that I f- have found it very eye opening, especially when he talks about, um, you know, Jesus and the church and, yeah. uh, starts talking about breaking down all of that and the relationship that we should and how we should, uh, you know, the name of the book counter culture, you know? Yeah, know, very good, sure. but I've only, I've only read one chapter, so I'm pretty excited to get, uh, down to it and figure it out so but it's very yeah. i've heard different people talk about the book so i'm excited to be able to get it i was gone i got it from this place called half price books have y'all ever heard of it i think i told you about it a little bit you, you told me about it i've I just, not heard that, of that's it, how i've heard about I, it i feel like i need to hear it's about in it, man. it's in lexington exactly right. lexington kentucky okay. i'm not sure if it's anywhere else i don't know i haven't really looked. I wish it, it was up. here but <laughs> i have some friends that live in lexington and on my way back from illinois i stopped in and this, it's the second time that I've been in Lexington that I went to this place. And, of course, the name of the store is Half Price Books. So most of the books are half <laughs> price. Um, they are. A lot of them are used, but they're all in good condition. Um, and that's where I got uh, Counterculture, the a funny story. And I feel ashamed and I just feel like I need to confess. Uh-oh. So I go into this Half Price Books. And, I mean, there's books everywhere. It's huge. It's like books a million for half price books. (laughs) So (laughs) anyways, (laughs) so I go in the, and I'm in the religion section. I'm in the, um, you know, Christianity section. And my first mistake was when I walked in, I didn't get a basket, but I got a shopping cart. You never do that. So I go and Mm, I'm in this, I'm in this section and I'm just getting, you know, I'm really wanting to get uh, books on leadership and all of that. So I was like, every leadership book that I saw and every author that I saw that I loved, I was just putting books in this shopping cart. And I wasn't paying attention. And I was in that store for three hours. Oh, wow. The bad part was I went in there by Man. myself. And I should oh, have never done that. Yeah. Three hours later, I'm still in there. And I turn around and there's this shopping cart full of books. I have like 20, 30 <laughs> books. Did you buy them yes. all? Yes. So please I please tell me you bought them all. Well I go on, and I'm up at the cash register and I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna do it. They're half price, you yeah. know? Like Yeah, God. you got to. I'm I've got six, seven hundred dollars worth of books, you know, and yeah. then I start thinking about it and I'm like, Okay, when am I gonna read twenty to thirty books? <laughs> this <laughs> like, year. Yeah. I mean yeah, let's do it. I mean if I'm on your level, yeah. But then I start thinking that I've got boxes full of books that I've not really went through, and I really need to get through those. And so, the cashier, I'm standing in line, and I was the next one, and the cashier was like, "You ready, sir?" And I said, "Actually, I'm going to shop a little bit more."
1: Oh, you checking out?
2: So I turn around and I go back, and I've decided that I'm going to put the books back on the shelf. But then, like, I start putting the books back on the shelf, and I'm like, "This is completely ridiculous because." I look like I'm a I'm an employee at this prize book. <laughs> I'm restocking the shelf. Yeah, and like this one guy, he was like in the aisle when I was like putting the books full of buggies, and we had a conversation. Then I walked back down the aisle and put them back up, and I'm like, I look like an idiot. <laughs> so I pick out my five books that I really wanted, and then I five just, yeah out of 20, this is depressing. Books, it really was. How many did you have originally? I had like. Between twenty and thirty, I can't remember you how many. And narrowed it on. down to five. Yes, it was very hard. All right, so
1: tell us what your standard was of like you get voted off the island. You get voted off the island.
2: Yeah, <sighs> really that'd be hard. Really, what I was going for, I was looking for books that focused on leadership and books that focused on like um, church revitalization and stuff. And when I, I got the books that I felt like really got into that better than the others. So, you know, the ones that I felt like talk better about what i was looking for for leadership i got gotcha so mm-hmm. yeah i narrowed it down to five and then um <laughs> and then i just left the shopping cart and i felt oh. horrible because i'm one of wow. these people that when i get something off the shelf i always want to put it back where it goes just not that day yeah not that day oh because it was going to take another two hour you know and i wow. was like i've already been in here three hours
1: all right, so and let it be known that if I go when I go to half price books in Lexington,
2: Kentucky, I will not yeah. tell
1: them that I'm from Native Souls. Yeah, I feel like they please probably, do not.
2: I feel like they probably have a picture of me up now. Like this guy. That's what I was getting ready to say. Fills up his buggy <laughs> and then he leaves. And the worst part was I didn't think about it until after I left. But later that night, I started feeling really, really bad, and I started thinking. Not only did I leave a shopping cart full of books, but it was a shopping cart full of Christian books. Oh yeah, even better. oh come so on. So you need
0: so,
1: to, you probably need to just, call, for your conscience' sake, call over there this week and just apologize, just apologize,
2: because I'm sure they were yeah. like, I hate Christians. You know, they're like every Christian that comes in this place, I hate. Yeah, so I, I wish I would have thought about that before I left and threw some like political books, maybe some uh, cooking books, you know, <laughs> evened it out a little bit, but. Like, what kind of political books? Uh, Liberal. Okay, there you go. Okay. okay. (laughs) Like Hillary books. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Then they could have said, those liberal Christians, ugh. (laughs) All right. Anyways. Diz, what are you reading?
0: Uh, I have just finished uh, the book Fasting by Jensen Franklin. Oh, wow. Uh, Have you been fasting? Yes. (laughs) Yes, and <laughs> uh, not anymore. You just told us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just finished that in January, and I, I just started uh, "Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire" by Jim Simbala. Yes, um, that's such a great ooh. book. Yeah, man, I'm so excited about it. I actually, I have multiple people in the church reading it. I really felt like uh, God told me to read it. I, I really felt like it was just impressed on me to read that book. At the, you know, after I read the fasting book, and I told the church about it, and. Uh, several of them went and got it, and they're reading it with me. So I'm just really excited about that book. I love that book. I love the story about the Brooklyn Tabernacle and and all yes. that. So,
3: oh I'm yeah, really it's excited. really
1: it's really a an amazing, I guess, rubric of of yeah. how to start a, a healthy church culture. Yeah.
2: Yes. I love yes. like my goal, not to get off the subject, but my goal in life is just to go to New York and go to all the churches there. Like you got. <laughs> Brooklyn Tabernacle, you got the Times Square Church. You've got Hillsong New York, of course. Um, you've got Christ Tabernacle. I mean, there's mm. just all kinds of awesome I've churches never, there. I've never looked into churches in New York. I just, well, I've never really set out to look for churches. This, but this a, is Sherman's thing. A lot of the guys that I listen to have churches in New York, and I'm like, I just want to go to all their churches. So. I mean, in my mind, you know, people's wanting to go to hillsong or go to New York and go to the Statue of Liberty and all these places, and I'm like, I just want to go and spend a week going to all these churches. Oh wow, well,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm the opposite. That would uh, be pretty uh, awesome. Yeah, me too. Because my whole life, Same. my whole life has been church. Whether or not uh, I've been actively in ministry, I've mm-hmm, been in church yeah. uh, just yeah. every opportunity that I I could get or or felt like I needed to be there. And so, if I'm traveling, I'm kind of like I'm gonna rest. And yeah. I'm, I'm not, but there are, but I mean, there's a little bit of it. That's there's a little conviction on my heart hearing you. Cause it's just like, I just want to go to church. And it's like, man, yeah. I know. I feel bad well, of not when I go on way. vacation,
2: I look up churches and I'm like, what church can no. I go to? No, 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 on no, vacation? No. Because I, is, <laughs> no, no, no. It's just like, I want to see how they do, it. you know, I'm just yeah. interested in how does this church do on a Sunday or, you know, what yeah. are the different aspects that they do about ministry. So, I mean, it's very interesting to me.
0: We have talked about so many times going on trips to (laughs) even New York. We've talked about uh, taking trains up to New York, and he has always wanted to do the churches and in my mind i get sidetracked because i'm like no i want to go to see the statue of liberty no i want to go here no i want to go there and i'm like no you know what when i leave and go on
1: like a vacation or something i god forgive me but i'm really not thinking about church yeah no that's <laughs> me because like you're, you're you guys are talking about new york i'm not even thinking about the statue of liberty like i want to go eat pizza <laughs> well oh, yeah, yeah. Like, i mean
0: come on but, yeah. all the new york slices
1: i'm sure that there's a church in new york that has pizza there has to be, yeah. Like the way churches around here serve <laughs> coffee pre-service. I like, can get a slice. Yeah, exactly. If so, not, someone should do that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if not, I'm going to do know, it. You know,
0: you guys come to Chicago. We'll put on bulletproof vests and we'll go get some Chicago deep dish pizza. <laughs> you know,
1: we want the New York slice, not the. I know, Diz, you have to be pro deep dish, but yeah, I have to. Uh, man. You, come on, yeah, you have to. But here, here, no, I want the New York slice. Yeah. So yeah. the New
0: York slice is that the the thin and the and the big the big thin. Yep. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I want to try that too, but I haven't tried Chicago deep dish pizza. I hear there's a place that comes straight from Chicago you that's have, here in Peoria. You have. You just don't know what you did. Uh, it's called lasagna. Lasagna. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> you know. And and here's here's something. I'm really not going to pick pizza if I'm going out to eat. I'm not going to pick pizza unless someone else picks it for me. I'm weird.
1: No, it's because, I mean, I guess when I'm traveling, like if I'm like, what do I want? I want steak. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. mm, steak. my thing is, if I go to New York, and this is all because growing up, we watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm, 2, yes. Secret of the Come news. on, yes, and my favorite. And the opener is everyone eating pizza. Yes. Ever since then, I'm like, I want to go to New York, oh, and yes. I want to just eat pizza all do, day long. Do you want to eat it in the sewer?
2: That, I mean, do you want to do exactly uh, well, what?
1: They're... Well, no, because I don't know if you know about the intro of the movie, but they're not in the studio. Come on, Sherman. Come yeah, on, you're Sherman. Right. It's like... You're like, right. Like, okay. sitting here thinking now, I'm thinking about, like, they have the guy arrested in the movie, and then and and he's yes. handcuffed to the police officer, and then the two cops are eating pizza, and he's just sitting yes. there like, man, this, this stinks.
0: This <laughs> is my fa- that's my favorite part of the movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... I used to watch those movies all the time. I need to I revisit them. them. Yeah, I have them on Blu-ray. I didn't watch the new one. I do too. I do too. Did you all watch the new one? Yeah. Uh, when did it come out?
0: Which one? The the newer ones? The one like with bebop yeah. and
2: rocksteady in it. Yeah. 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 It was good. Yeah, I liked I need it. it. I, I need I, to watch them. I was wanting to when they came out, and I never did. Get they're it. on Amazon so. Prime. Ooh. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I'm, and the new uh, one is. I don't know about the
1: one before that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is, and I love them. I really do, and I'm I'm a huge fan of Ninja Turtles. So uh, you know. A little bit too much, actually, but that's yeah. okay. You can't. I mean, that's not bad.
2: Well, uh, uh, back to your reading, this Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Sorry about I that. don't
1: think you still.
2: Oh, well, yeah, uh, he said he's reading. Uh, yeah, Fresh Wind, right now cars. I'm
0: just. Yeah. That's what I'm that's reading what right got now. Me. He talks, so and I'm about doing, and and what we hit on earlier, I'm I'm not trying to do the multiple books at one time because I did get way too sidetracked with it. Uh, so right now I'm just doing one book, and you know I'll do some devotionals um, and some stuff on the on the U version. Um, and I'm digging into, um, uh, some, some Bible studies and stuff like that. But, uh, as far as reading a book, yeah, I'm just doing the fresh wind, fresh fire and doing, uh, which is a daily devotional by our daily bread. It's stand strong for men and different men do the devotionals of three 65, uh, devotional. So it's been really, it's been really impacting. I, I love that. So that's really all I'm doing right now.
1: Oh, well, good deal. So, um. Speaking of that, it's really about time we do another. Um, you know, us three, we do a, a devotion together. Yes, yeah, I was absolutely. actually just thinking about that yeah. the other day. I, I, I,
2: me too. So, uh, yeah, that was fun. I am actually very proud because I have a forty-five day streak going on in the Bible. Oh, app. You, I just, six I just, weeks. I just lost my
1: forty-four
2: day streak the other Guys, day. I thought we I were... lost my streak just a few days ago, and I almost had a meltdown. Yeah, I, but apparently i got on there and didn't even realize but i've just got this new like thing like i want to see how far i can go with it you know yeah i'm sick to my stomach now because when I'm we just, were I'm mad all over again yeah
0: <laughs> when we were moving um i lost track of course of time <laughs> and no, i true. i broke i broke a 149 day streak <sighs> yeah
1: i yeah. i wish they'd take it off there that's just me though yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Because you
2: like feel proud, but then when you lose it, you're like, "What in the world?" Oh, it's it's
1: just like it getting kicked right in the stomach. Yeah, yeah, But yep.
2: I'm, I'm pretty proud right now. Um, I'm uh, and I've been doing a lot of devotions on there. So, yeah, I mean, my... me and
0: Sherman, um, me and you have on the same the same streak going on. We're both at 45.
2: Yeah, we started on the same day. Which, well, you lost your streak, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I wish it it's. I wonder if they're like, because apparently I learned uh, from a student at the church the other day that um, you can, apparently, you know, all the rage is keeping your streak alive on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you can, if something happens, you lose your streak, all you got to do is email them and say that it was an issue on their side. They won't investigate it and they'll just give you your streak back. Wow! So, Greg Rochelle, give me my streak back. (laughs) Yes, that's what I was getting ready to say. Give me my streak. (laughs) Yes, that's it. Man. Man, Wow. Man, it's just like, I was like enjoying this until you started talking about the streak. I'm like, my day's ruined all over again. (laughs) That is hilarious.
2: I don't know if I got to talk about this. We didn't do what we were reading last month, did we? I don't think so. And I was reading, I started reading a book, um, Faith Forward Future. Chad Beach. Okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I finished that book. I went through it, and it was just one of those, because Diz had mentioned that he felt like the Lord had told him to read that book by Jim Simbala. And really, when I was reading that book, like, it was crazy. I was going through a horrible time, and uh, you guys know the horrible time, but I was really just like, man, I really just need the Lord to just help me right now. And Yeah. uh, So I picked up this book out of nowhere. I had had it from the time that it released, and it's been out for a while. And um, last month I picked it up and started reading it for the first time. And literally the first chapter was exactly – Chad Veach went through exactly what I was going through at that moment in my life. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how is this even possible? You know, His story opening up in the first chapter was my story – Exactly. And I was like, mm. wow, there's hope for my ministry. There's hope for me. So it's pretty awesome when the Lord gives you, you had touched on how the Lord had told you to read that book. And even when I wasn't even thinking that he was telling me to read it, I picked it up and he just grabbed me. And, um, the whole book just kind of spoke to me and pretty much what it was about was that, you know, you've still got a future even when it seems like everything around you is crashing and that, yeah. um, you know, everything that you planned and had one of the things was, you know, he had a plan and he had everything going for him and, uh, you know, everything was going good in his ministry. And then he had to make the decision and that decision would either make or break him. And he made that decision. That's pretty much where I was. Like I was in a place to where, you know, Mm -hmm. I had to make a decision and I was like, this decision is either going to make or break me. And, uh, So it's pretty crazy. So I am on the same level as Chad Beach. I feel so. <laughs> just throwing that. Well, out I'll there. tell you what that 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 really is a perfect segue
1: into um, uh, what we want to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because yes, um, we were discussing earlier this week of like what's our topic, and 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 I really want us to take some time and sit down in our topic today. Mm-hmm. And so if mm-hmm. we go a little longer than normal, um, you know, I hope with you guys that's okay because yeah, yeah, uh, I really sure. feel like. You know, when you get into the little things that we do before the topic, people enjoy that. Mm -hmm. But I really hope that a lot of our listeners, this is the moment that they come for to get some insight or just to, you know, when people say that I really connect with you guys. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think they connect with us because we're reading or we're drinking coffee. I feel like when we talk about a subject that maybe they're going through in their lives and we relate it to um, yes. and we talk about something that's close to home for them, and then I think that's how they relate to us. And so, uh, we really want to just really talk as as brothers about what it's like to to question God. Yeah, absolutely. And so, obviously, in transition moments like what you just spoke on, Sherman, it's mm-hmm. it's easy easy to one miss what God's trying to do, and then mm-hmm. to be going. God, I need understanding. Yeah, yeah. And, Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. and and so, you know, in that moment, what do you do? Because it's, you know, uh, without me kind of dominating this, is, uh, you know, what, what does it look like? You know, because first we talk about questioning God. Um, you know, what kind of questions are we talking about? What do you guys think? When someone says, I'm questioning God, what do you think they're saying?
2: I... I think, and really what brought me, just real quick, um, to think about this was I was at a funeral. um, A family in our church had a devastating loss, and I was at the funeral, and I was talking to the mother who had lost her daughter, and she was just a mess. And she said, I really just don't know what has happened. And she was just talking about how they've always been in church. They've always, you know, done what they felt the Lord had called them to. And she said this is really tough on me and I'm questioning. And she said, and yeah. I know the, I know you're not supposed to question God. Well, then it seemed like every conversation after that, I started having conversations and people would say the same thing about how, you know, I know I'm not supposed to question God. And I was actually at the gas pump uh, this past week and I ran into somebody and we were just having this casual conversation. All of a sudden they said, they were talking about something that happened. They was like, I know you're not supposed to question God, but i I really just questioned him at that moment. And so really in my mind, I started thinking, you know, it doesn't say that we're not to question God. I I think that it's actually all right when we question God. Um, The thing of it I think that we need to be careful about is when we question his authority and Mm. when we question his power. Um, You know, I don't think that it's necessarily wrong when we say, God, why are you doing this? Why has this happened? Or why has this come into my life? Yeah. Um, but when we get step into a problem, is when we're saying, you know, we start questioning his power and his authority and the things, you know, that he's done, and we question his actual sovereignty and stuff. And I think that's yeah. where people people get it messed up on that. Yeah, so. and it's yeah,
1: you know, you really you really talk to people in those moments, and it's they question God. You know, really, if you no matter what the situation is, if you break it down, it's for the sake of understanding. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. maybe that might be current circumstances, maybe what they feel like they're going through, anything like that. And right. when you truly think about it is um, you really in that moment, you want God to be on your level. Yeah. And that yes. is it's just he can't do that. Yeah. Because yes. if wow. we can understand the mind of God, then he's not God. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. just some wow. some something we've thought up and he's not outside of time. He's not. Omniscient, he's not. He's none of those things. If I can understand what he does and what he's doing, right, that's the truth. And so, especially in tragic losses, you know, you see people going through that. And and but the thing is, is that, and I really, you know, when we were talking about this together, we talked about, you know, if 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 you talk about questioning God, automatically, I think the default is everyone goes to Job. Mm-hmm. Job questioned Absolutely. God. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And Job didn't like what he got when he questioned God because That's right. because God was like, "Okay, prepare yeah. yourself yep. like a man. Yeah. You yep. come at me Oh, well, where were you yeah. when when exactly. when I formed the world? Where were you? Who 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 is the clay to look at the potter and say, why did you make me this way?" Yeah. That's it. Wow. And it's like wow. and it's like so when we question God, well then don't get mad if he if he comes back at you like that because that's what you're asking. Or do we, do we push people and, and challenge them, hey, trust God? Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah.
2: that's the key. And I think, you know, you look at Job and you see that the Bible even says, you know, in all this he didn't sin. You know? But, yet he did question God. Mm-hmm. And I think people get in that. And I think the key is not to question his goodness, not to question, like I said, his power and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there have been plenty of moments where I've questioned God. And I've oh, yeah. seen my yeah. life and I look at people, their circumstances and the things that I went through. Sometimes I didn't have anything else to say to God except for my questions mm-hmm. and saying, God, yeah. why is this happening? God, where is this leading? God, what is happening? And I think at the end of the day, when we get to those places, because we're only human, we're only flesh. And when we and God knows that God created us, he knows Absolutely. every part of our being. Absolutely. So I think that he's okay if the only thing that we have to say is questioning, you know, because at least we're having some kind of conversation. You yeah. Know? Cause absolutely. I mean, growing up looking at my parents, sometimes, you know, I would question them. I never questioned their authority and I never questioned, you know, that if they love me or not, but I questioned why they would do something or why they would say no, why they would. And I believe that God wants that same relationship with us. He wants us to be able to come to him and say, God, I know I'm your yes. child. God, I know yes. that you have called me. God, I know that you have that you are good above everything else, but why is this happening? Yeah, why and, is this going on? And it's so. really like for me as a
1: teenager, you know, I spent from the time that I was probably twelve to the time that I was eighteen, like you know, I why are my parents doing this? I know so much more than them, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> right, my parents right. are not smart people. <laughs> I went, I moved yeah. out to go to college for one semester, came home for Christmas break, and was like, my parents are the smartest people on the planet. I don't know right. what I was thinking all of these years, yeah, absolutely. And and I really think that life lesson has prepared me to not always be happy with my current circumstances,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but to. Yeah,
1: yeah. uh, to lock in, you know, that, that
2: God's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. Come on. And one thing that I've, and I, I'm sorry that I keep taking the conversation, but one thing that I've learned over the years is that not everything is God's fault. You know, not everything is the work of God. You know, we live in a fallen world. We live in a place, you know, God isn't the one that brought death. Sin was, you know, we live in a sinful fallen world and everything that happens to me, you know, and for so long growing up and just to be a little raw, you know, my parents, they divorced and, you know, my dad, he wasn't really around much. And, you know, for years I would question God, like, God, why would you allow that? Why, why did you allow? And at the end of the day, looking back, I realize God didn't have any part of that, you know, it was my parents made that decision. The sinfulness that came in and, you know, the reasoning behind why they separated and got divorced, you know, is because of the the flesh and the selfishness, you know, the enemy and coming in to destroy the family. And I realized that even in that, you know, God didn't have a part in that divorce, but I see that God still had his hand over me and God had his hand over my life and he wanted a relationship above all else. So... That was pretty powerful. Um, in well, that that's moment. a huge.
0: That's a huge question too. Also, with people who will uh, claim to be atheists or agnostic, they'll say, "Well, how can God allow this to happen?" Mm-hmm. Or you know, they'll they'll question uh, how God can allow these things to happen. How babies can, uh, you know, be uh, how, how babies can die so young and all this stuff. So, I mean, it, questioning God is is actually a really whether you're on this side or the other side. It's actually a really popular um, kind of topic. Mm
2: -hmm. And that, that was one of the things recently, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this before. Um, you know, sometimes I've made a joke when I shouldn't about my grandma passing away, but, (laughs) but anyways, uh, you know, when my, (laughs) when my grandma passed away, one of my family members, they were just like, I don't know why God would do this. And I was like, God didn't do this. I mean, I know God holds the power of life and death, but at the end of the day, you know, like I said, we live in a fallen world. Like people's going to die. We have an appointed time. And
1: yeah, it's like we we run into people who use human standards mm-hmm. to judge the goodness of God. Yeah, and Ooh. it's like not God's not good yes. because He's loving. Mm-hmm. God's not good because He's just. God's not good because you know He let me wake up this morning. God's good simply because He is good, as in yeah. He is good. You know, yeah. Sherman is sh- Sherman. You're Sherman. Yeah. You know, and, and and you are Sherman. That is your name. That is your title. That, like, you are everything that makes up who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. your collective. Yes. God yes. is good. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like reading this. It's like, uh, I think it was, um, I don't remember who it was I was reading. It, it might have been Lewis. I'm not sure. But um, God is, the, they said it like this. God is love. Is a great statement, but some people want to say love is God, mm-hmm. but that mm. can't be true. No, not because at all. love yeah. love can be flights of fancy and things like this, and so when we worship love, we don't worship God. But when we worship God Himself, then we are worshiping love because God is love. But love can't be God. In the same instance, wow. then you know God is good because He makes up everything that is that word good whether we understand it or not, doesn't matter. He's still good. Yeah. Whether my present circumstances allow me to say God is good or not, God is still good because He is good. Water is water because it changes in form no matter what, whether it be a gaseous state and a solid state, but water is water, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And he's wow. like when you talk about, you know, I guess for me he's talking about like, you know, a lot of things we taste or, or eat, it's like, what does that taste like? Chicken. You know that that taste taste it's, mm-hmm. it's it's profound in in the bottom level of that tastes like chicken. Well, mm-hmm. it's you know what 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 does chicken taste like? Chicken. Yeah. You right. know, like, <laughs> like like there's not like nothing we compare that to. Right. And so that like that's the way God works for goodness mm-hmm. is that you know yeah. that's the bottom rung and it's the filter that anything that's good is compared to God and all good and perfect things come from the father
2: of lights above. Yes. That's mm. it. One thing yes. that I read this week that was really profound and something that I knew, but it was just a great reminder and something that I've really been chewing on is that, you know, God, of course we know God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And I was reading about how, you know, when God created the law, you know, this was his set of standards and, you know, he was a, you know, we see in the, we read in the Old Testament where he, sometimes he was a God of wrath, and he was a God that, you know, um, placed judgment. And in the New Testament, we see God sending his son, and at the end of the day, it didn't change who God was. You know, we say, we look at the New Testament, we look at the Old, and so many people say, well, he's not the same as he was in the Old Testament. No, he's still the same God, but he yeah. sent his son so that we could be made new and that we could have yeah. hope. Yes. And so yes. his goodness, he was always a good God. He was always a just God. He was always, you know, a God of wrath when you're when you ought, when you're done wrong. And he's going to be the God of wrath again. Yeah. He's going to judge yes. the, the world in yeah. the coming age. But at the end of the yeah. day, he sent his son because there's a part of God that is love. And he loves <laughs> us with everything within him and he wants us to have a relationship. So he sent his son and that was just something that, Grabbed hold of my attention, something that I've been chewing on. That, you know, God sent His only Son, so that we could have hope, and that we, so that we could go to Him and question Him. Yeah, uh, because the thing absolutely. is, is you
1: don't give someone free will and that not come up. That's the thing that yeah. separates man, who's now. made in the image of God, from the angels. They don't have a choice whether or not that they worship. Exactly. Um, the things created around us, that that we have dominion over on this earth. Um, you know they don't. They don't get to decide whether or not they bloom or bud like the trees and the flowers. Yeah. But what they do when they do that is an act of worship to God. We having free choice because. Uh, Love without that, uh, without choice, is is just—it's a robot. Mm-hmm. That's and, right. And uh, we have that choice to worship Him because He wants that. He wants that relationship with us. And and what you see is He's always wanted that when He mm-hmm. created Adam, and and He 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 knew Adam's needs and wants and wishes, and therefore He saw Adam's loneliness and sent Him a helper, and He always wanted that relationship. That that. You know, I guess that co, you know, the relationship of love that goes back and forth, and ever since Adam sinned, uh, he he st- started the process of getting man back to that place. Yeah. And and so then he had to Jesus had to make the ultimate sacrifice to get us to where we could approach God again. Yeah. And uh, and it allows us ourselves to go into a place that before Jesus' sacrifice. The high priest, you know, could only go in once a year Mm -hmm. after being prayed up and doing his own sacrifice. Like, Jesus is that sacrifice that allows us to go into the Holy of Holies and to have that relationship to present ourselves before God who can't be around sin, but he can be around us blameless because of the sacrifice of Christ. Yes. And so, you know, we talk about God's goodness and all that thing. Well, you know, to bring it all back is it's just like, that is the goodness of God, that he laid that down, took on the sins of the world so that we could have a relationship with him.
2: Yeah. One of the most powerful uh, steps that I took in my Christian walk was to choose to worship him no matter what, you know? And yeah, I think yeah. growing up, I was always raised in church. I was always, uh, you know, I've been singing in church since I was 10. Uh, you know, I'm going on 20 years of serving God and been in some type of ministry and for the longest time though, I'd done it because my mom said to do it. I'd done it because my grandma was pushing me along and that's not necessarily a bad thing because I think that it helped me get to where I am today because they were pushing me in the right direction. But at the same time I had to have my own revelation Mm -hmm. and it's a powerful thing when I got to that place to realize I'm not doing this because of them, I'm not doing this for somebody else, I'm going to do it for myself, and you get to that place, and I had a very powerful moment just this past week where a day wasn't really going the way that I wanted it to go, and I just had that mindset that I'm blessed and highly favored, and I jokingly, it was funny because Diz had sent me a message, and was like, how are you, and I jokingly said, blessed and highly favored because it's funny every time you go to church you ask somebody that and that's what they say um but I really just that same exact day I just had that mindset that no matter what I'm going to proclaim that I'm blessed and highly favored even when it's not going my way or I don't see a very good um future of that that day of the ending of that day and I just kept on in my mind I was just set that I'm just going to have this mindset from here on out. And by the end of the day, things had completely turned around. And instead of me living in a kind of desperation and trying to figure out how I was going to do something, God completely turned that situation around. And I was realized, oh, my gosh, I am blessed and highly favored, you know? Wow. And I think it's a powerful thing when we realize and we get to the place to where we're saying, God, no matter where I'm at in life, no matter what's going on in my life, you're still good. I'm still blessed. I'm still highly favored. And I'm going to trust in you, even when I have questions. And we look, even you was talking about Jesus' sacrifice. He was on the cross and he questioned God. Mm -hmm. He said, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the son of God who knew the heart of the father, he still asked his dad, his father, why have you forsaken me so that's a very powerful moment i believe so i've been yeah. i've been some of the books i've read i've really delved into that and and
1: so i first and foremost i just want to give the caveat that um you know a lot of this is i think it can't be proven one way or the other um and so i'm learning a lot of this about myself but um it really talks about in that moment was when when jesus was the most human he ever was mm-hmm. Yes. Um and so God being who he was um could not look upon his son in that moment because yeah. of the sin that he took on and and in that book destined for the throne in that chapter I was telling you about, you know, uh we we many times uh it, maybe this might be just me but uh I really just thought of, you know, when Jesus died and he spent the time going to ransom people from uh, par, you know, paradise or Abraham's bosom. I don't, you know, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it at that point. Yeah. in right. um, that kind of in-between place where they were. Uh, we talk about it really in my head. Um, It was Jesus like just showing up with the keys, opening the gate and like jailbreak boys were all out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but in that book, Paul uh, Bilheimer, I think uh, he really presents that he took on the worst of the worst when it comes to sin, Mm -hmm. the deepest, darkest of sins. And because of that, that put him in the deepest, darkest place in hell. Wow! And then he had, and it was him walking from that place, the deepest, darkest place of hell and bringing everything out with him. Wow. And so it's like, you know, it's just such a journey of that point. And so, um... And then at that, you know, you talk about questioning God. Well, yeah, because I think God, you know, and someone told me, like, there's no way that God turned his back on him or anything. And it's like, well, but, you know, it was literally that sacrifice Mm -hmm. that allowed us to come into his presence, because if not, there had to be blood paid for sin. Yeah. Yes. And and Hebrews talks about, you know, do you want to continue sacrificing year after year, or do you want to trust in the sacrifice that Jesus made that allows you to approach whenever you want. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so it's just that moment of like that very human Christ in -hmm. that moment until his resurrection. And, uh, and, and that is what, um, uh, in miracles, C.S. Lewis talks about that a lot because he talks about, there's, uh, two different types of, he, he really splits Jesus's miracles into two different types um, the old nature and the new nature. Mm-hmm. And so miracles that um, do not reverse the work of nature or um, so like multiplying food would be a miracle of the old nature. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, resurrecting Lazarus, a miracle of the old nature because he literally just took him, brought him like kind of like hit the rewind button on Lazarus and yeah. brought him out of that. However, walking on water was a miracle of the new nature because uh, water cannot produce you. You know, in water we cannot produce the ability to walk on it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it just blows away any type of anything nature can bring to it. And then him coming back from the dead is a new nature because he never went back to the grave after he came out of it. Yeah, he he ascended, which is like. You know, nature can't account for that because nature has processes that have to be run and have to run their course. And that was one that's outside of that.
2: And so. That's very powerful. Yeah. I love that. One of the things that you said is uh, that I love is that he went to the deepest, darkest place in hell. Yeah. And that's powerful. That is powerful because when you're looking at your life and when you're going through, and we see that, you know, Forty days he fasted and he sought after God and it said that he was tempted in every way and then he goes to the deepest darkest hell and we serve a God that's already been there we serve a God that no matter what yeah, we, we don't, face in life we
1: don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with yeah. what we've been come through. on that's very powerful on.
2: you know these religions they Just serve they serve gods who they've never been there you know they yeah. so they yes, read yes. The, in their holy works and all that they don't have a place to where they can really see a God that sympathizes with them. And we serve a God, a Christ that's already been there. He's already yes. been in that deepest, darkest place. No matter what you're facing, he's yeah. already walked through that hell. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's amazing to me. That And we can go, and the reason that we can go and ask those questions is because he has the answers. You know, Absolutely. And sometimes we're not going to always have the answers. You know, the old song says, we'll understand it better by and by. You know, some of the things that we go through, we're not going to understand why we go through them. We're not going to have the answers, but we serve a God that he has the answers. And when we trust in him and we really, there have been things that I've walked through. And at the time I've had questions and I didn't get the answers, but I look back and I see that it was all a part of the walk. It was all a part to get me to where I am now. And that's just very powerful because a lot of times we're like, God, this would be so much better if it happened this way. Yep. And then we look back, and I'm thinking, man, I wouldn't be where I am now if it didn't happen that Absolutely, uh,
3: yes.
1: Because if, if God always gave us what we want, we would lead ourselves right into destruction. Oh, yeah. That's exactly I been,
2: right. I would have been going a long time ago. Yeah, It would have been horrible. I mean, and that's, that's, exactly that's what right. I think
1: about in my life of, um, you know, there was a time I did, uh, and I think I've shared on the podcast before, but it really fits with this moment of... Um, I did a devotion to start like maybe like 2015 and it was one word devotion and mm-hmm. you pray and ask God, what's my one word for this year? And really God laid on my heart that year for trust. Mm-hmm. Within a week mm-hmm. of finding that out, I'm laid off from my job. Wow. Um, and and then I've always I've always had a, wanted to be married like since I was 18 mm-hmm. and, and I was dating this girl who now looking back, I had no business being with. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. But, and then, <laughs> and then I watched that relationship crumble and it just broke me. And, and, and then I'm, so here I am. I don't have a job. I have to move back in with my parents. Been there. And, <laughs> and, and then I, I lose that relationship. Yeah. And, and, I, and I remember going, I'm never doing this again <laughs> because what it was was the word was trust. And so, therefore, I was, I was gifted that year with many opportunities to trust God, mm-hmm. yeah. and now yeah. I look back and I and I see where I am now, and I'm like, God, I'm so thankful you didn't give me what I wanted then, yeah. because what you've given me now is so much better
2: than what I thought I wanted then. Yeah, and I'm looking back. Just the other day, I was reminiscing about. The different things God has done and how he's led me on this journey and where I'm at now and what's about to happen in my life. And I'm thinking, how awesome is it to be able to live this life of faith and live this life yeah. of trusting him and really just going all in, having faith and trusting in God? Because he literally takes you to places where you really don't think, I mean, in your mind and in your flesh, you're like... I'm going to suffocate. I'm going to die. Oh, wow. It's going to be so, horrible.
1: So this is like the big light bulb moment because at 3 o'clock this morning, or I, I keep saying 3, but it was like 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, I just put it on my heart, like this word on my heart to write down. And uh, so I journaled about it. Actually, this was at 1217 a.m. after a long day. And I just write, opportunity, presence. The opportunity to journey, journey deeper into his presence if stewarded correctly and faithfully will place me in the presence of greater opportunity, Mm. at which point the cycle begins again. If the ultimate aim and true purpose of my heart is the glory of Jesus,
2: then no opportunity will be too small or too big. That is awesome. Wow. And that's really what the Lord, I mean, I was really this week just thinking about the opportunities and the things that He's placed in my heart and the things that He's placed in my life, and I'm like, wow, if I wouldn't trust in Him or if I, wouldn't walk to where I felt like he called me to even when I look at my own self and think that's too big that's too great of a thing I'm not that person you know but when you start trusting him and even when you have those questions and you're like I'm still going to trust you God even though I'm questioning it I'm still going to walk in that just the opportunity that he gets is 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 great you know he brings us awesome powerful opportunities it's amazing to look back and see how your path goes towards that. Yeah, and you've got to really, really pray and weigh out, did I put me here
1: or did God put me yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And so if, you know, if you look and so, um, <clears throat> I don't remember what I was talking I might have been reading through my jur- journal again, but I talked, you know, I talk, you know, our really in this moment think about the meekness of Mordecai mm-hmm. from from Esther. And, uh, and he was a guy that just sat by the gate and prayed. Yeah. And then uh, his faithful prayer life led him to being the second in command over everything in the country. Yeah. And so obviously some s- crazy stuff had to go down, but he was faithful and always mm-hmm. prayed to God. And so, you know, the meekness of his heart is what allowed him to not be swallowed by
2: that large stage. Yeah, that's so true. And the thing of it is you read those stories and you read people like Mordecai and You know, Jesus, he conquered death, hell, and the grave, but he had to walk through that hell. Mordecai had to walk through that hell. So in order for us to get to the place, and just last week I was talking to somebody that a lot of times people see the glory, but they don't see the hurt, and they don't see the pain, and they don't see the struggle. And uh, a lot of times people just look at where you are in life at that moment, and yep. the blessing that you got, and they don't see the hell that you had to go through. Yeah, to and get I think there.
1: that's 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 something that our culture battles more now than ever because mm-hmm. of social media and things like that. And I'm pro social media all day long. Yeah, but in social media, um, you get a snapshot of everybody's mm-hmm. best part of their life. Oh yeah, and therefore, every part of my life then needs to look like what is just maybe a small part of the best part of their life. Mm-hmm. And we live in this comparison. And the sad part is, is when we live in this comparison, we die in that comparison. Yep. That's so and, true. And, uh, and it's just, you know, that's what it is. And it's like, you know, if you could only see, and and, and I think about the picture of the iceberg where you see just a little bit over, mm-hmm. over the top of the water, but then it looks and there's so much underneath like, you know, you see just the tip of it, but you don't know what it took to get me here. Yeah, so and true. because we live in comparison, and comparison is what's killing the church today. That's right. Yep, that's exactly right. So, um, so with that, I think to put a perfect bow on this of questioning God, and really, I think this will really, uh, once I read the quote, it's going to talk about. Um, this is a quote that I read on Facebook last night from a pastor in Peterstown, West Virginia. And, uh, and that's my, uh, that's close by where, where I'm from. Um, and I met this guy a couple of years ago, awesome pastor. Um, uh, but you know, I think what it's going to do is it's going to put a bow on, on today's episode because it's really going to hit on, uh, questioning, God, what we do with our gifts and, you know, like the reading and all these things. But he put doctrinal knowledge and a zeal to be smart about God, separated from a zeal to be missional and spent for God, will only result in your foolishness. And so, um, whatever you're doing today, uh, or in your life, um, to grow, to, you know, whatever it is, if you're, like for me, uh, if I'm just reading these books to store it up, I'm wasting my time. Oh yeah. But yeah. if I'm filling my cup to pour it out, mm-hmm. then, then God's going to bless it, and then Let's my cup will always be full the more i pour it out the more room there is for him to pour in yep. and so um you know that's kind of where we're kind of sitting at maybe we want to end there today uh, with that quote but uh Des, you've been quiet the past few minutes why don't you why don't you kind of let us know what's going
2: in on your side do you have any Man, uh, I have questions um, concert concerns questions concerns?
0: <laughs> i have been just taking it in and uh and just kind of feeding off of what you guys have been saying, but I will say this um, about questioning God, just real quick. Uh, when I was in probably my deepest um, place of really questioning God, why me? Why here? Why there? Why you know? What are you doing? What you know? What's going on? Um, God took me straight to the scripture in Jeremiah, um, in one, uh, Jeremiah one. And I'm going to read this scripture, and we can close out from here. But it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am... With you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And then the Lord stretched out His hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, "Behold, I've put My words in your mouth." I feel like in my life, when I um, questioned God, He took me to the Scripture, and it like it just answered every question that I had,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and it just it impacted me so much. So when I think about questioning God, and, and that's that's for me, you know, the questions that I have, um, when I when I can go back and say, okay, I was in my darkest place. He took me to the scripture and it was like, you know what? He chose me even before he formed me. So not only oh, did yeah. he choose me, he formed me. That's so true. And, it, and and that just covers everything. Not only did he choose me and form me, he put the words in my mouth and he told me that wherever he sends me, I shall go. That's good. Mm-hmm. And and it just impacted me so much. So we can we can close out right there, but to to me this has been just one of those topics where it's been so deep. I have listened and and kind of just fed off of you two and, and I will say this that Sherman um, and I mean fish too but Sherman you have given so much to this episode today yeah so true and sometimes sometimes you are quiet and I, I think it's so refreshing to see where we have all come mm-hmm. uh, from last year to this year it's oh, yeah. so crazy to see the progression yeah. of just us as people, us as friends, and what God is doing in our lives, and I think it's amazing.
1: I tell you what, it's it's really, uh, I think, and this will get into, I've been chewing on the scripture that's in our memorization. It's Ephesians 122. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he put all yeah. things in subjection under his feet and gave him as a head over all things to the church. Yeah, yes. And whether we're talking about God's goodness or questioning um, why things are the way they are, I really feel like if we'll remember Ephesians 1.22, and it's just for such a time as this, of he puts all things under his in subjection under his feet. Whatever you're yes. going through, God's standing on top of it. That's right. In such Come a on. way that it can't get you. And then the Come next part is not only is he, you know, it's not that he's just so wrapped up in fighting your thing that he, he can't, you know, know where to go next. No, he's the head which is leading you. Mm-hmm. so not only is he taking care of you standing on your issue but he's the head that is leading you over all things and so um if we'll just trust god if we'll just you know lean in lean into his goodness mm-hmm. then just like ephesians 122 says he's got our back that's right amen absolutely wow well sherm i want i th- I feel like in, in Diz, I i feel like you'll agree but yeah. I think this you, the way that you've carried this episode I I I think it's just best that you're the one that closes us in prayer cuz cause, cause really what what you shared with us today is is your season the season of your life has prepared you to talk on this subject. Mhm. Come on. So then, you know, why don't you pray over not only me and Diz, uh over yourself, over the podcast, but our listeners? Yes. Of of just pray out of this season of your life that you know I feel like you're kind of peeking into the next season, mm-hmm. and as as one chapter closes, the the next begins. But as that happens, you know you're uh, you're more more aware now of of what opportunity lies ahead. And I think that's because of the freshness of of you know let's just say it of hurts in your mm-hmm. life, and so who more than you can pray over people and, and reach to the heart of the issue. So why don't you, why don't you pray over it?
2: Yeah. Um, Lord, we just come before you today, God, and we're just thankful. God, and we just give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. Lord, thank you, God, when we look back that we see the hurt, the pain, the struggle, God, but when we see all of that, we see your goodness, we see your love, we see your glory and your power, God. And Lord, I'm so thankful that I can look back and through all the pain, through all the heartache, I can see your hand up on my life, God. And it was just preparing, God, for the journey. It was preparing for the for the things that you were going to call me to, God. It was making me stronger. It was making me more adept to who you are. And God, I just thank you for the people who are listening, God. We, I believe that this is not coincidence. This is not just for uh, someone's entertainment, God, but you are a God that is going to touch the hearts of the people. And Lord, when they come into the presence, when they come into uh, listening to this podcast, God, that you are going to touch their hearts and you're going to see that, that their pain and struggle, God, that you're just going to touch that. And no matter who is listening today, just know that God is on your side. God is for you. He formed you in such a way and he prepared you to take up a calling and something great. And God, we just thank you for that. We thank you for the giftings and the callings that you have placed in people's lives and the struggle that you have placed in their lives. That no matter what, your goodness reigns forevermore. And God, I ask that you just touch my brothers that are on this podcast, touch Diz and Fish, God, that they just walk in your glory. They walk in your power. And when they're in the struggle, when they're in the pain, when they're in the heartache, God, that your glory will just shine upon them. Lord, move upon us. Open up doors that no man can shut. Lord, and shut the doors that no man can open. We just give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well,
1: this is where we leave you guys. It's been another great month, and we're excited yes. to, to be back here again with you in March. And uh, hopefully we will have good coffee. And uh, I think uh, what I want to do for for that is I'm going to ship Diz some coffee because mm, that way please. we can we can all have coffee together. So with that said, we love you guys, and we'll be with you soon.